0: We would like to welcome actor Shane Casey from the Younger Fenders, also known as Billy Murphy. My name is Sophie Burke. My name is Donna Kenny. And my name is Katie Arnott. Thanks for joining us, Shane.
1: Thank you. Lovely to be in Limerick. Again, I'm very fond of Limerick, but I've never been over this side of Limerick. I've been in Brough and Kilmalach and all those places, but they're almost like North Cork, really, <laughs> aren't they? <Like laughs> Uh, so no I'm really happy to be in the school this morning uh, I'm looking forward to the workshops in the afternoon so um, thanks for inviting me and I, I'm really kind of honoured to be asked to do your podcast as well so um, let's go for it <laughs>
0: um, What was your experience like in secondary school and is that where you got into acting?
1: Um, oh Google Good question. Um, My time in secondary school was a bit of a mixed bag. Uh, Most of it was good, some of it was not good because I'm an early school leaver. That's a big part of what my workshop is about. Um, There was a misunderstanding in the class one day, in in a computer class actually, where a guy came across the classroom and accidentally stood on the back of the teacher's leg and I said something afterwards to kind of break the tension for the other student but the teacher misheard it and uh, kind of resulted in me being in a lot of trouble and then I felt that if these teachers think that I'm that way which is ironic enough because of the character I play in the show Billy Murphy if they think i must come back, I might as well leave but that wasn't really my role either I didn't know if they were thinking that way so I mean that's the short version of the story there's a lot more to that it's a bit more complex but that was the end of leaving school and kind of the start of starting secondary school wasn't great either, you know what I mean? But I think I kind of, within reason, I kind of went under the radar, you know? I wasn't into hurling and football. I wasn't very strong academically. Uh, and so I was kind of quiet. I wouldn't have said I was the class clown either. I, there was definitely guys who were putting their heads up to be the class clown. So I'd say it was kind of quiet enough. Maybe a little bit of a mess or I would have been outside the door a lot, really, I'll be honest. Uh, yeah, so mixed bag, had some good times, went away on a school tour, that's probably the highlight of it. A couple of hurling football matches that we got to go and see over in Buttervent around the corner. And uh, yeah. You know what, I, I wish I could go back and kind of rectify a few things, but I'm kinda of glad the way things have worked out now as well, especially because of the workshop. So
0: what advice would you give to
1: any student who's considering dropping out of school or is finding it difficult in school? Don't. Um, giving up on something becomes a habit. It's very it's very easy to do unless you have to give something up. So we won't go there today. But like, um, it just becomes a habit and it becomes kind of your story for a while. Like I was Shane who left school early and that affects a lot of things like your confidence and like you live in a f- completely different world than I lived in when I was growing up and even yourself, sir. <laughs> it's a completely different world with phones and peer pressure and all of this. We had it in a very different way. So like, I ought, and I'm even thinking of it today because I didn't have a great morning, but confidence is something that you need to give to yourself. You know what I mean? And by giving up on things like whether it's hurling or football or your dance class or whatever, and school especially, um, that's it's very hard to regain that confidence again you know what i mean you're kind of starting from the back foot so i my my advice to you is give yourself as much advantage in life as you possibly can and even starting now is a good time to do that so i wouldn't recommend it at all don't like listen to my story fair enough but don't um don't follow what i did um There's an old thing about this boxer knows that his opponent gets up and trains at five o'clock in the morning. So he decides he's going to go out and train at four o'clock in the morning. Do you know what I mean? And I think anything that you can give yourself that kind of psychological advantage in life, whether it's reading books or doing a bit of hypnosis or yoga or going swimming or any sports or whatever gives your head the good headspace, run towards that. And if you're struggling in school, go and look for the people who are who are going to help you. I always ask the question in the school, as I say, is there one teacher here you like? Nine times out of ten, all right, we we'll get a couple of jokes where they go, no, no, and I'm like, look, I don't want to hear any names, but I'm like, is there somebody here that you do get on with a teacher or a caretaker or whoever who can point you in the right direction if something is going wrong for you? So. Um, yeah, I would be like, go and look for people who can help you if you need help, who can point you in the right direction if you need help, and don't give up on yourself. Because it might be on Saturday and Sunday where you have an argument with a coach in a football team or a camogie team or whatever, and you've given up on your camogie. Like, would you give up on your camogie at 14 or 15 years of age when you could realistically be playing it for another 15 years? People were going, no, it's stupid, but it happens every weekend around the country. And I always kind of say it like mockingly or jokingly, uh, you're really kind of giving up on yourself, you know? That's the truth of it. Is that all right?
0: So you wouldn't recommend leaving school early?
1: Oh no, definitely not. No, no. (laughs) It's easy for people to go, oh yeah, but you're on TV. But like, uh, I haven't worked, like I've done workshops, I've been going around doing workshops and appearances at discos and I do a little bit of voiceover but I've no continuous work because I can't do that now because of the acting you know if I'm acting and you go down to spa and I'm working in the deli counter it doesn't look good you get what I mean yeah. so I wouldn't recommend it it was a very very hard road to get here and like I'm in my 40s now as embarrassing as that is but like 21 or 22 seems like a couple of breaths away really it does when I was in in college and and I had to take the long way around to get to be where I wanted to be because I had to go back as a mature student I still had done an apprenticeship and stuff like that but it took me a long long time I made things a little bit more difficult to me for myself I took the long way around and that's okay for people but I definitely wouldn't recommend it I, again I'll come back to give yourself as much advantage as you possibly can.
0: How would you describe your character, Billy Murphy, to someone who never saw the Young Offenders?
1: Um, Billy is the local nutjob, basically. Head the ball, we say in Cork, you know. He's a spacer. He has no real concern for his own safety. I mean, that's kind of a dangerous place to be, you know. Um, and that's number one. Uh, when Peter wrote the show originally, he only wanted me in, in the film for three or four days. And it was kind of a different character. Billy in the TV series is a bit more well developed, and he's a bit more uh, considerate of the guys now because he's he's made a relationship with Connor and Jock and and Mairead and stuff like that. So it's funny. My wife is the head of counselling in MTU. She's got a very she's a very good job. She's a very successful person. I'm sure the chances are one of you are going to meet her over the next few years if you go to MTU. She's the head of counselling, so if you wanted to go and talk to somebody, she would point you in the right direction. You know, She'd get you a counsellor and you'd go in and have a chat because a lot of things happen when you go to college, you know, inside and outside of college, a lot of changes and stuff. So she's got this really uh, high-power job, and she was doing her doctorate in Dublin when we were living in Dublin, uh, kind of around the same time I was making the Young Offenders, and her her research was on neglected children. <laughs> and she was working away on this for like she was interviewing people for weeks and weeks and kind of bad things happen when people are neglected you know i mean you could be lucky but it's kind of when the parents aren't around or somebody has a problem with drink or this that or the other and we realized afterwards we were essentially studying the same thing that i was playing billy who was a neglected child as we found out at the end of the last season or the end of the first season as well that he was a neglected child so there was this mad kind of symmetry going on at the same time so I think that's what it comes down to but everybody can relate to a Billy because we all know Billy whether he's the town kind of idiot maybe sometimes or he, like a guy who just gets into trouble constantly with the law or a guy just just can't shut up in class or you know we can all relate to that and my job isn't kind of going oh Billy is way down here I've got to jump and become Billy I've kind of got to bring the character of Billy closer to me. So a lot of people, when they meet me, they go, oh, you you talk exactly the same as him. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's how I work. You know what I mean? I want to be closer to Billy as opposed to, no disrespect to Daniel Day-Lewis, going off and learning how to make shoes for six years or, or, you know what I mean, going off and living up in Cork prison for three months. That's not necessary because we all know somebody like that. So... Yeah, that, that's Billy. <laughs> that's probably a long way of answering that question, yeah. But that's what he's like. He's he's not cool. He's got no style. He does have a heart, and that's how we get away with things. He's got heart, you know what I mean? Even if he's not funny, once he has a bit of heart, we get away with things. But if Billy was in a fight with three or four guys, Billy would lose the fight. But the guys might look down and realise, hang on a second, I'm missing a finger here, and Billy would be laughing. You get what I mean? So, um. I'm, I'm very lucky Peter Foot, the writer, has let me contribute to the character and that, that would be my advice to you. No matter if you get a job down the road in a factory or on a farm or in a hair salon, you want to be contributing to where you're working and I'm very lucky that I get the opportunity to do that. And when I've seen people being successful in other films or TV shows, it's because they're contributing to what's being put in front of them. So any ideas that you do have, put them out there, nobody's gonna steal your ideas. There's this whole lie in the arts that people are trying to rob your ideas. It's no, put them out there, share them, and, and make them work for you. So I've been very lucky that way, and that's what Billy is, you know? Um, what would you
0: like to see happen for Billy in
1: the future? Oh, I have to be very careful what I say now. <laughs> <laughs> Mine. Uh, there's loads I'd love to happen for Billy, but I don't think they ever will happen, you know? I, It's funny with acting, you kind of get this biography of questions. When we went to when I went to Stefan AFA, which is a college in Cork, and Demi, who's in the show as well, went there for radio production. Funnily enough, you get this questionnaire about your character name Billy Murphy, age 34, 37, or whatever. What did he have for breakfast? What did he have for cornflakes, and so on and so forth? So, I filled in all of those questions myself. For my, from my imagination so I engage in my imagination for the character in ways that you're never going to hear about like for instance um, in season I don't know if it was in season 2 or 3 when I'm working with Mairead you know the mother I went off to an acting coach friend of mine who was unfortunately passed away since Donal Courtney and I was like look Donal I think he sees her like Like a child sees a glow-in-the-dark Virgin Mary. You know, the Holy Marys that used to glow in the dark. Like, that. he looks at her like that. And I was like, in my mind, Billy would fall in love with Mairead, you know. That would be my idea from it. But it has to be the ideas from the writers. And uh, Peter Foote, you know, is is a writer. So I don't know what's going to happen, if something's going to happen or not. But, like, that's something I thought might be a possibility i also had other ideas as to why billy is the way he is but i think it's probably important now for me to keep those things to myself in case i have the opportunity to use that you know what i mean but it it is engaging with your imagination that's that's basically it like i i I just hope i just hope that we're not just doing cliches of criminals you know what i mean because it it, it runs a bit thin after a while if fellas are just robbing houses and robbing bikes and stuff There is a reason behind it and that they have an out at some stage, whether it's my character or someone else. We don't all have to change, but once there's somebody kind of reaching out to change or grow and learn, I think the show, you know, will show that it has a bit more to offer. And we got away with things, especially in the second season, that were maybe a little bit too rude or maybe a little bit vulgar. And we got away with those things because the show is always at heart. And once we have heart... The show should be fine, you know? But it's important to retain that, so... Uh, I do dream big for him, though. I do love him an awful lot, and I keep him at home somewhere, (laughs) like... But anyway, thanks. Where did you get the inspiration
0: for Billy Murphy
1: from? I have to be careful here now as well, because some of those guys are still around, actually. (laughs) I met the two Norries recently. I don't know if you know of those guys. They've got a podcast. It's... uh, James and Timmy and their boat lads who were in recovery. Now, these guys were like hardcore, like lots of drugs, lots of trouble, you know, like real, real, like in and out of prison. But they've turned it around, like they really have. They've turned around their lives, they've uh, given up the drink and the drugs and given up crime and stuff like that. And I got to meet James recently. We were talking about some of the characters that were going around Cork in the 90s. Like, can you imagine the 90s? Like, and there's little bits of this guy, there's little bits of that guy, and there's little bits of of everyone there, but that's only a baseline, really. Do you know what I mean? The baseline is that you're afraid of him, but the rest then is my imagination. You know? So there's lots of guys that are out there, but I'll never mention any names. Just for my own safety, I'd probably best not mention them.
0: <laughs> what is your dream part to play?
1: Oh, dream part. I don't know. I think, like, when I started out we get everything wrong because when we start out in it and I can see this with my friends who haven't followed through with the acting like they start doing things that other actors do you know like they're running around the place like Michael J Fox you don't even know who he is the guy from Back to the Future and they're doing stuff and they're being other people but you kind of it's a funny thing about acting you're being somebody else but you're you're kind of embracing who you are you know what I mean because you have to use who you are in it I don't know what I'd really, really like to play. I would like to play something, of course, that is the opposite end of the spectrum from Billy Murphy and maybe somebody who's a bit softer or, you know, I, I don't know. But, like, seeing the success that Paul Mescal has had, I'm, of course, massively jealous because the guy just got nominated for an Olivier this morning. I'm like, is an Oscar not enough, Paul? Like, he's been nominated for an Olivier Award. And and Barry Keown if that is how you pronounce it, and he's a really nice guy, and Kerry Condon as well, this actress from, from I think it's Claire Tip, uh, who I've worked with before, Like, there's loads of people in the industry in Ireland who are actually working at the moment, so it's very encouraging, so I'm like, yeah, maybe they'll open up a few more doors for us. So I don't know what I'd like to play yet, but I just want to work. That's the main thing. The main thing is, it's like 90, 94% of actors are unemployed. of the actors are employed, and those actors that are employed are continuously employed. So the most important thing is to actually get in and work. That should be your goal, because it's like a vocation outside that. I mean, you have a job, you have a career, you have a trade, or you have a vocation. You can have a vocation and be a priest and not make any money, although some priests maybe make money, I don't know, let's not get political. But like, you know what I mean, you could be, you could be a chiropodist or you could be whatever, but the most important thing is to work, to get money into your pocket, to definitely be able to pay the bills and fill the fridge because you feel good about yourself when you do those things. And nobody told me that when I was in college to go, you know, Shane, it's very important to have money in your pocket so that you feel confident, so... Um, working is the number one goal now at the moment. Like, if we do the Young Offenders again, great, but at some stage I'll have to put that to rest and get onto something else and work on something else as well. And I really want to do that and I really want to get the opportunity to do that because if you've only seen me doing the Young Offenders, then you've only seen 2% of what I've done. You get what I mean? I've done loads and loads of different plays. I've been in the Barley and I've been in a film called The Runway with Kerry Condon. I've worked with this person, that one. I've worked with Michael Ward out in Rome. I'm name-dropping now, right? And Bill Nighy, but I, the guy from Top Boy, I made a film out in Rome. So you've only seen 2 or 3% of, of what I've done, never mind what I can do. So it's just about putting it out there and being able to work. So, yeah, that's what I hope for. Work and loads of money. <laughs> Would
0: you find if you did another show that people
1: would always associate you still with Billy Murphy yeah they are going to do that for a while Yeah, so I did a show a couple of years ago, Damages and I had a small part in it, like a really small part where, not Damages uh, The Intruder where I have a, like I'm in two two episodes and it's only a couple of lines, I need to do big parts like that f- for people to go oh it's your man and oh it's this guy and you're more than likely going to get those opportunities from it's funny enough, I was told this 10 years ago, you, the chances are you'll get more opportunities from people who aren't Irish, and that's the truth of it, you know? I've worked with Ken Loach, who was the famous director, and he gave me a chance, and I've worked with Tia Sharrock, who, who gave me this part out in a film in Rome, and I've been in a film in, in, in um, Poland. So it's it tends to be people who aren't Irish who are giving you those opportunities, but people have to engage in their imagination as well, you know? So um, maybe something a little bit more subtle, maybe something that's not like the Young Offenders or maybe that's not related to crime where I'm, who knows, a teacher or a, a welfare officer or a cop. I'd really love to be a cop in a British, actually that's what I want to do, I want to be in a British TV show where I'm an Irish guy and I'm playing a cop or something like that and it doesn't need to be acknowledged that I'm Irish, you know, that I'm just the character, do you get what I mean? Um, I'd like to do something like that where I'm not playing a criminal anyway definitely <laughs> who's the most
0: famous person you have in your phone book uh,
1: you know top boy it's on Netflix M- Michael Ward is there um, mm. there was a lovely show on channel 4 last year called It's a Sin and uh, it w- it's about uh, the AIDS activists in the 80s and early 90s and it's a really powerful show and one of the lads that was in that is I'm friendly with him Uh I don't think I have his phone number but like yeah I shouldn't name drop really do you know what I mean like Paul Meskell told me not to name drop It's <laughs> I don't have Paul Meskell's number I have Chris Wally Chris who was in the show I have Alex's number I have all the guys who are in the shows I don't know I'll have to go through my phone that's interesting
0: what's your next big project or can you say
1: can't say <laughs> a short answer for the change <laughs> touch wood touch fake wood touch the table whatever I'm, I'm hoping I'm going to be signed off on something over the next few days I've agreed on something and I just hope it's going to get over the line you know what I mean there's a that's a big part of it going okay I've got another two months of work here which buys me six months it's it, Dominic McHale the guy who plays the guard said that one day and I was like Oh, that's quite clever, Dominic. He's like, yeah, this buys you more time to do more of what you want to do. And sometimes it subsidizes it. Because if you love it and somebody offers you a play, you're like, oh, yeah, I want to do a play. And you're going, okay, realistically, that's six or 700 quid a week. You're breaking your back, but you could make that a day on a TV show. You know what I mean? So your agent wants you to do three days on a TV show rather than a month doing a play, you know? So you've got to weigh it up or... You know, you get ridiculous offers then that you've kind of got to turn down. Like where, like, I'm oversharing here now. <laughs> where they go, would you like to do panto? And you're kind of going, I did panto 12 years ago, you know what I mean? And and it's like, but we'll give you this amount of money. And you're like, no, I don't think so. And then they come back with more and you're like, maybe I will do the panto. <laughs> I could be buttons, maybe. Maybe I'll get two songs. And then you're going no because they'll want you to do billy murphy as buttons you get what i mean and and it'll be great the parents will go and all that and you'll get a lot of money but that's kind of and no disrespect because i i've loads of friends who do panto and i loved it it was a great experience it's kind of like that's not where i want to go next so um yeah that wasn't a short answer to that question i thought it was going to be i can't even remember what the question was anyway sorry what's your funniest
0: moment while working on the young offenders
1: uh, the bus, yeah, the bus. Um, the bus was very hard work because... It's ironic, no, because I actually lived... I, I lived in Dublin for years, so I missed all the hullabaloo of of being recognised as Billy Murphy. And then when I moved back to Cork, I moved within five minutes of <laughs> where all the bus was driving around Watergrass Hill. I was living in a place called Glenville, which is about ten minutes from Watergrass Hill, really. And uh, the bus was a great... Great kind of experience because I don't think I again about you know making the most out of your opportunities. We were rehearsing in a place called mary mountain Cork, and it's got it. It it was a hospice. It's kind of where old people go when they don't have long left, you know. And I was sitting in this room, rehearsing this scene for a TV show that I'm going to be in, and I'm like, this is going to sound a bit like you know, not you know like the robin landed in the garden, then Shane, and that was your Auntie Mary kind of crack, right? But I was like, I think I was in this room before, and I think I was in that room because my granddad was staying in the hospice. It wasn't a hospice when we were in there. That would be a bit weird. And they were like, and then somebody's gonna sing the song, and then we're gonna do this, and then we're gonna do that. So I originally wasn't supposed to be singing the song. I think it was supposed to be Michael Murphy, who is the big guy on the bus, who, who does the opera singing note. I think it was supposed to be originally him. And then I went, uh, they said, does anyone want to give it a go? And I was like, yeah, I'll give it a go. And then I had a ruler because I marked my scripts with the ruler and I was like, and this could be the knife. I could be conducting them with the knife about making the most out of it. And that was funny. And then they were, they were like, and then... This person's going to ask for, you're going to offer them pizza and uh, you're going to offer them, do they want chips or pizza And anyone want a drink? And then I said, yeah, and then I'll ask for Tanora, which is a Cork drink. It's kind of like red lemonade, but I shouldn't really have it because it's full of colours and it just gets me hyper, like, like, do you know what I mean? It's, It's worse than the triple vodka, no, really, for me, like, but anyway. So I was on the bus and I was getting really, really tired after filming it for, you know two or three days and we were singing the song live we didn't uh, we didn't uh, dub it which I thought we were going to do and then I was like are you alright Shane I'm tired and it was like can I get you anything and I was like yeah a bottle of Tanora so I just lashed (laughs) lashed into the Tanora had two or three bottles of Tanora was high as a kite and was swinging off the bus and that was that was there's been so many good moments really you know what I mean but Alex and Chris the two, the two main lads in the show have been so accepting of the offers that I make and we say that within acting because of improv. If I make up a line like tell your mum I was asking for her that was made up the other guys have to accept it you get what I mean? So it, it really is a team effort like you can't just come in and do what you want to do you've kind of got to go I'm working with you I'm going to give you the ball here then you're going to pass it back to me and hopefully I'm going to hold it for a while and pass it back to you. It really is. A, it, it really is kind of like like playing table tennis but organized table tennis or sometimes like sparring which is like gentle boxing you're working together with somebody else so as funny as i have been and i've been lucky enough to have a couple of funny moments maybe you don't think i'm funny i don't know it's only because the other guys accept it you get what i mean it really is part of their training that they've accepted what i'm giving to them so it is to and fro so yeah some some really really amazing days on it you know
0: do you have
1: any methods for learning lines? This is one oh, I am going to get into, it, Witchy, because I, s- I say get into, you, I'm giving you 10 minute answers as it is. I did struggle an awful lot with lines, and I had, there was a time where I did um, two plays back to back. I did Disco Pigs, which was an End of Walsh play, Killian Murphy was in the original play, and then I did a play called Love, Peace, and Robbery, or I did one before the other, Love, Peace, and Robbery first, and then, and I was really struggling with learning the lines. And one of the directors came to me and I was up in the rehearsal room and it was like being back in school again. He said, "Look, go outside the door, <laughs> like being kicked outside the door and learn your lines, you know. And I was outside and he could see I was struggling and then he came out to me and he said, look, don't learn it, just read it. He said, just read it again and again and again. And then... Inevitably you will learn it, you know what I mean? It's kind of taking the pressure off you and I know now next year or the year after you're going to have study and you're going to be trying to remember this and uh, especially dates and stuff like that. And Again, I say this looking at a pile of cakes in front of me which are very good to give me, by the way. Um, somebody said to me, Shane, how do you eat a cake? I was like, what is this fell on about? I was struggling learning lines. He said, how do you eat a bit of cake? And he said, I don't know how to eat a bit of cake. He said, one bit at a time. You know, you can't get overwhelmed by, I've got this play, it's it's 60 minutes of me being on stage. I've got to learn a minute, and then I've got to learn the second minute. You get what I mean? So I found this brilliant app on my phone. There's one where you can put the, the words into the phone, and it speaks the dialogue back to you. You know, So it's kind of like a script app. And then there's another one called, uh, um, it's called insight not insight timer i'll find the name of it there later and you can add it in later but it's like a pomodoro app so you can only do 20 minutes work at a time you do 20 minutes of work and then you take a break for five minutes and i find if i do do that because it's all timed you know you can't go on your phone going through youtube or whatever when you're doing it you'll just sit down and do 20 minutes and then it'll go beep five minute break take five minute break inevitably i will do another 20 minutes work and have a break and then do another so i normally will do an hour's work whereas if i'm sitting down trying to do an hour's work i'm never going to get it done do you get what i mean i'm just going going to go i'll do 20 minutes we'll see where we're at and then come back to it and i've shared this when i'm doing the workshops as well and i've had feedback from people that they're going that app really works for people of your generation for studying because you're only doing 10 or 15 minutes work and then you're having a break you get what i mean because our attention spans are a little bit shorter so i can do 20 minutes go down make a cup of tea come back up have the tea and then do another 20 minutes so it's again it's, it's just managing it because i used to get very stressed about learning the lines very very stressed and it's only counterproductive but you have to watch how you talk to yourself about these things as well if you say if you say i'm crap at learning lines or i'm crap at this or i'm crap at that after saying that to yourself four or five times, you're just going to accept it. Do you get what I mean? Like It's like someone on a team going, you know, I'm terrible at football. And you're going, well, no, make an effort. You know, like just make an effort. Don't say that you're crap to yourself or that nobody likes me or any of these things because you're putting those things into your head. And I was like that. I'm oversharing again. After doing my apprenticeship and going off to college and walking into a room with... Uh, 15 girls and five lads i was very very nervous you know what i mean and i had to kind of wind myself up to get into the class to do my acting but once i i stepped up to do it i realized i'm better off getting up first here in front of everybody and doing my bit because if i'm crap i'm still the person who got up first rather than the poor fella who's after getting up 15th or 20th to do his bit you get what i mean so i was like I had, to, I had to talk to myself in a very positive way about going, this is coming up, I'm going to prepare enough for it. And professionalism is preparing. That's the truth of it, you know what I mean? It's like if a fella's going off to paint your granny's house in the morning and he doesn't have the buckets of paint in the van, forget about it, Like you know? <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Preparation, preparation, preparation.
0: Considering you acted in the wind that shakes the barley, were you ever aware of the history surrounding the Irish Civil War
1: In the War of Independence. A hundred percent, yeah. I've been very aware of it. um, And I'm still very aware of it because I went to see, my dad follows Newcastle and I don't. (laughs) But I was like, I'm going to go and see the Newcastle. um, I'm oversharing again here now, right? I'm going to see the Newcastle thing. But Celtic were playing Rangers beforehand and somebody came up and asked me for a photograph. And I was
0: like, okay, cool.
1: And it was a young person, right? We'll just leave it at, very young person for a photograph and this person had all these badges and they were all like real heavy republican badges like sniper at work and I thought that was really shit like for essentially a child to have IRA badges on you know what I mean and I was like I'm glad I'm aware of that kind of diddly eye and nothing against Celtic or anything but like I'm glad I'm aware of that and was aware of that plastic republicanism kind of thing before i i did the wind the, shakes, the barley he he definitely asked me what were my political views at the time and it, they're fine like it was like you know this way or that way and that was terrible and i thought but i just thought it was an important part of history to be told uh but when the film was released i wasn't in the country and i was watching what was going on in other media outlets and it was very much like oh, this is pro this and this is anti that and it's all of that and it wasn't the case at all, you know. Um, So, yeah, I'm, I'm very aware of the history and I, I'm very aware that most of the things that happened in that film did really happen as well. But I think it's important to look back and learn as opposed to look back and kind of get wound up about things and causing trouble again, like, you know. Uh, so, yeah, very happy to be involved in a film that won the Palm Door, yeah. Even though it is a small part, but we got to do army training and gun training and run around for the summer down in West Cork, and an awful lot of those guys are still my friends to this day. You know, so I am very proud to be involved in that film and to have worked with Ken Loach, who gives you the script the night before. So yeah, very happy to have. And Killian Murphy is a lovely man. He really is a lovely man. When I must say that, um, is there any of you one
0: you worked with who's memorable for good or bad reasons?
1: Well, there you go now Killian is a lovely guy uh, there's a couple of bad ones I'll tell you now who's not a nice person <laughs> no, I <laughs> won't. L- listen everybody it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like working in a supermarket you know what I mean I, I know that sounds funny but like you're going to have people who are finishing a shift and you're going to have people who are starting a shift and the most important thing is that you don't get in, in front of anybody else you know there's always this talk about method acting and you know people going off to learn special skills and that's fine if you're bringing it in but don't you come in and mess with someone else's process then if they're like i need to learn the scripts by the book you know if somebody needs to learn the lines exactly or more importantly if the director wants you to know the lines exactly then you should know the lines exactly they've spent enough time learning it whereas what i come from is i like to improvise I like to make things up I like to change the lines if the director accepts that and the other actor more well not more importantly equally importantly accepts that then that's fine but that that kind of making stuff up or improvising will only come at the end we need to cover what's on the page first so it's like if you need to stack a load of shelves and you've got to stack the section where the tea and the coffee is and Mary next to you has got to stack the biscuits. You don't start putting the tea and the coffee into Mary's sections, you get what I mean? Yeah. You don't mess with someone else's pr- thing. And, that, and that's a big part of what I was saying about preparation. It's like preparation, for me, a big part of that is learning the lines. It's also about relaxation. And I, I'll be honest with you, there was times when I wasn't as professional as, as I was, and I was messing with other people's process. But I'd like to think now that I'm a little bit older, would not get in the way of anybody else whether they're a day player who comes into a show or whether i'm a day player and there's a difference you know so yeah it's it's just it's like the table tennis again if you think of it that way you're passing something to somebody whether it's an energy or the lines that you're saying they accept it and they pass it back to you you need to think of it that way but uh, relaxation has to be a big part of it as well and that's only going to come from preparation so i'd say that's the same for you with your exams and stuff If you're going in there and you feel you're not prepared, you're not going to be confident. If you feel you have enough work done, great. And I'm waffling on now. You don't need to be listening to (laughs) this stuff. (laughs) But it is, it's preparation, you know, preparation and relaxation. There was another word I had as well last week. But anyway, yeah, it's all good.
0: If you weren't an actor, what do you think you would be?
1: A chef. Yeah, definitely. A chef. I I love cooking. Um, I'm thinking about... Meeting up, there's a chef. I don't really know her, but there's somebody I know who has a cookery school, and I'm thinking of putting together a kind of a, a cooking program that's not pretentious, you know, for kind of working class people. And I'm thinking of doing it for like students who are going to college for the first time, like going, okay, you've got a packet of cocoa noodles. How can you make this better? You know what I mean? And doing like um basic. I'm I'm thinking of doing a cooking show for. For young fellas, really, I I think I well I I'd be generalizing if I said that girls could cook and guys can't cook. Some people can and some people can't. But uh, I think I would have liked to have been a chef because it embraces uh, my creativity. You know what I mean? I'm like, and I can make things work quite well if I've got the fridge stocked up. I do make an awful lot of a mess. Awful lot of an awful mess when I am cooking. And my wife is continuously saying to me, "Cleaning as we go," and she's singing it like "Cleaning as we go," and it's not sinking in. I make an awful mess, but I make decent food.
0: <laughs> what advice would you give to your younger self? Jeez,
1: stay away from her. <laughs> no, I'm over. I'm over sharing. Uh, no. Um, yeah you know what actually tried to be a bit nicer you know what i mean i was a bit flippant with people's feelings on stuff and that's the truth because you don't know what someone else is going through it's like you you going back to class now when you're sitting next to somebody and you go i go, hey, leave me alone and you don't know what's going on in their house you know what i mean and you don't know how what they've gone through or how covid was for them or what's going on with their mom and dad or whether they're struggling with bills or somebody's breaking up or I was kind of flipping with people's feelings, you know what I mean? Getting into relationships I probably shouldn't have gotten into and breaking up with people and that kind of nonsense, really. But it's, it's the truth, you know what I mean? Just be a bit kinder to other people. Uh, I think that's it. And I think if you're doing that for other people, you'll kind of realise it for yourself. Do you get what I mean? It's kind of like going... Uh, i know somebody who's like no i won't give respect unless i get it well that's stupid because you're going to be waiting for a long time if you're waiting for respect to start giving it it's probably a good idea to get it or give it see if you get it back and if you don't get it back then walk away you know what i mean like it's kind of like respect other people respect yourself but you're actually going to learn how to treat yourself by learning how to treat other people do you get what i mean like you kind of need to think of yourself if you were a child of four or five would you think of yourself when you're four or five would you knock yourself would you knock a a child who's four or five the way you knock yourself every day and everybody does it like going oh you're crap at this or you look shit or you do this that or the other and it's kind of going be kinder to yourself but you do learn that by by kind of going oh I was really shit to my mom last night maybe I should make her a cup of tea you know what I mean or maybe I should make more of an effort so yeah And it definitely works in the film industry to kind of go, I mean, be true, be yourself, be your authentic self. Don't bullshit anybody because people can see through that. Be real, be authentic, but be nice. And that's how you get work, actually. It's like, you know, are we going to get the job in the school? Are we going to get a job in the hairdresser? Are we going to get a job in that factory or wherever or whatever you want to do? Because a lot of the time they're going can shane learn the lines can he play the part yeah that's number one and number two but number three is can we spend three months with this fella, or is he going to wreck our heads so be nice to other people and confidence is this is this is a big one confidence you shouldn't look to get your confidence off other people don't like don't look to get your confidence off other people get your confidence yourself by acquiring new skills like learning a martial art or going swimming or running or doing well in your exam or learning how to drive or getting money in your pocket don't be looking for confidence off your boyfriend or your girlfriend get it for yourself do you get what i mean because it's very easy for people to knock your confidence in life and if your your confidence is built on you know in shallow water and not good foundations then it's all going to kind of crumble down so you know that kind of thing and i think it's important for people to to recognize that you know because there's lots of people that we know that are on tiktok at the moment and they're fucking covering themselves in makeup and they're buying this and they're buying that and all the other and they're still feeling shit about themselves you get what i mean but then they're contributing to other people feeling shit about themselves as well and i've said that word too many times so we leave it there
0: that's all we have so we'll just say thanks jane for a great interview we really appreciate you taking the time today to speak with us
1: and we wish you every success in the future thanks very much for inviting me uh, it was really nice chat I hope it was okay with you I hope somebody gets something from it and I'm delighted that the school brought me here from the work for the workshop and if anybody else hears this and does want me to come to your school for a workshop then get somebody to get in touch with me thanks <laughs>